Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, as we come to you on the cusp of a new year, full of new beginnings and, and all that uh, you have in store for us, God, I ask that you help us to trust in your plan, trust in your purpose and your presence in our lives through the ups and downs, knowing that you are guiding us, leading us, and shining your light over us through your Son, Jesus. And it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. It's, uh, it's good to be back with you. It's hard to believe that for some of us, Christmas ended last Monday, but the reality is here at St. Andrew, I'm sure if you heard over the years, Christmas is a 12-day long celebration. Uh, it starts on December 25th, but it takes us all the way to January 6th, uh, which is then known as uh, Three Kings Day or the Feast of Epiphany, and we'll celebrate that next week. But uh, I start off that way because I hope that your Christmas celebrations are still going on even as we enter into this new year. Uh, and as we prepare for the new year, my guess is that uh, when you woke up on December 26th, that is where your mind went. Uh, that uh, unless you took an extra day or two off, like, you know, a couple pastors that I know, most of the world turned the calendar over and started getting ready for today. All the buildup for the new year. And uh, like the uh, rest of the world, we all kind of know that New Year's Eve offers a unique time in the lives of all people everywhere. On the one hand, it gives us a chance to reflect on all that has happened in the past year. A chance to look back on the time we spent with family and friends, uh, the relationships that we built, perhaps the relationships that ended. It gives us a chance to reflect on the way uh, we served our community and the communities that we were involved with and perhaps communities that we left as life took us through different phases and transitions. And at the same time, in the midst of looking back, Tonight gives us a chance to say, well, now everything once again starts a new beginning tomorrow. And then, of course, that is the other part of New Year's Eve. It, it offers us a chance not only to look back, but also to look forward. To look forward to all that a new year has in store, that there's perhaps something special going to happen in 2024. Maybe you've already got your list of resolutions ready to go. You've written them down. You're looking forward to the changes that you are going to make, all the things perhaps that could happen to you in 2024. Perhaps with those resolutions, you've also got a, a very clear picture and vision of what your future is going to look like. You've planned it out and you have some expectations for all that the new year will bring. And if that's true for you, I know that that can be a very powerful and motivational feeling to, to have a clear vision and a clear plan for your future. And yet this morning, I want to invite you into perhaps a more powerful vision of your future, a more powerful vision of all of our futures. It's the vision that God has for your life, the vision that God has for your future, and it's found because of the promises that he makes to you and the promises he fulfills to you. And as we see that vision come to life for us, we do so through the perspective of uh, one man found in Luke chapter 2, this, that gospel reading that you heard this morning. And as it kind of opens up, we're told about how Mary and Joseph are taking Jesus, uh, baby Jesus, up to the temple. And this is a unique celebration. You heard Pastor Mark call it the presentation of Jesus, or another way to refer to it is the purification of Jesus. Basically, in ancient Jewish custom and law, uh, one of the things you had to do was, after 40 days had passed from the birth of a new baby, take the baby boy and the mom and the dad to a temple in order for them to be cleansed, both spiritually and physically as well. And so uh, we're kind of in the midst of a unique celebration in the life of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. 
And this is just part of the custom. This is something that, that everyone in, in ancient Jewish customs would have done. And it's kind of interesting because even in our church body today, we honor this day, usually on February 2nd, which of course is 40 days after December 25th. But for us today, we're, we're talking about it and celebrating it because if you look at the Gospel of Luke, this is really what happens next in the life of Jesus. That after his birth, Luke jumps ahead 40 days and brings us to this moment this day. And in the midst of this story, we hear uh, about one interesting and per particular man, a man named Simeon. If you ever heard that name before, especially in the context of scripture, it was in the context of this specific story. Simeon isn't actually mentioned or talked about in many other parts of scripture. And even here, uh, Luke doesn't really give us much personal information about Simeon, but he gives us enough to really sit and ponder what kind of man he was. Uh, Luke, in fact, says this about him. Simeon was a righteous and devout man, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So Simeon is clearly a faithful and righteous man who had been waiting for some amount of time for the Messiah to come to him. He knew that the Messiah would bring consolation to the people of Israel. And, and that word consolation is another way to describe when someone brings hope or peace and comfort to those who are grieving, those perhaps who have suffered. And if you were with us on Christmas Eve, you actually heard Pastor Mark talk about that same concept for the people of Israel, that from the prophecy of the prophet Isaiah, who talks about the coming Messiah, a people who lived in a land of deep darkness on them, the light has shone. That the same people of Israel who were waiting for the light to shine upon them in the birth of the Messiah, that is who Simeon is waiting for here as well. He's one of those people waiting for that consolation, waiting for the peace and the hope and the comfort that the birth of the Messiah will bring to their lives. And so in the midst of this waiting, he finds himself longing for that moment. Longing not only to hear about the birth of the Messiah, but also to meet the Messiah. Because Simeon knows how long he has waited and he knows how long his people have endured, how long they have suffered, how he has suffered with them. And so the birth of the Messiah changes everything. In the midst of his waiting then, Simeon is waiting for that light to shine upon them. And we're also told that the Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit specifically rested on him and the Spirit reveals something very interesting about Simeon's life. The Spirit says to Simeon that he will not die until he meets the Messiah in the flesh. And as I thought about this word from the Spirit, I started to wonder if Simeon asked himself this question every day. What if today is the day? That when Simeon woke up in the morning, what if he asked himself every day, is today the day that I get to meet the Messiah? And that uh, is the question that I want you to reflect on with me this morning. Uh, what if you woke up today and you asked yourself, is today the day I'm going to meet Jesus? What about your life would be different? Uh, would you call your loved ones and tell them that you love them just because you want them to know? Would you uh, try to spend more time in your community, maybe with family and friends gathered together for a celebration? Would you perhaps uh, stay at home? Would you just wait for Jesus to come to you? Would you go out and, and tell everyone that today could be the day? Jesus is coming and perhaps he's coming and I'm going to meet him today. 
Or maybe you would just go on and kind of live your normal day, whatever normal means for you, whatever normal looks like for you. If I'm being totally honest with you, as I thought about that question for myself, I realized that it kind of sounds exhausting. That on the one hand, maybe after a couple of days, it's really exciting and it's uplifting. But after you make it through a week or so of asking that question and realizing that Jesus hasn't come back yet, it just gets exhausting. You start to feel, and we kind of live with this reality anyway, that as life goes on and things happen, you wait for the return of Jesus. We are all already waiting for that. And with every passing day that something happens and he doesn't return, you find yourself asking, is it ever really going to happen? Is he ever actually going to come back? Are things really going to change when he returns? And I realize that this perhaps isn't something we do not only in the context of our faith, but also in the context of other parts of our lives. Uh, for example, uh, when you think about New Year's resolutions, uh, every year, uh, one of my resolutions has to do something with getting a little bit healthier. Uh, whether that is going to the gym more consistently or trying to cut back on the cookies, which I blame all of you for, you know. <laughs> Keep them coming, but just, you know, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle, right? And so uh, the, the reality is the new year starts off with that resolution, and the first week is great. But after the first week, I don't really see any results, and so then I start to say to myself, well, is this really working? Right? And it doesn't take too long before the results don't really come as quickly as I want them to. And all of a sudden, I just start to feel weighed down by it all. I get exhausted because without seeing the results, I wonder, is anything really going to change? Is, is anything actually going to happen if I keep doing this thing? And after a while, it just gets tiring. And then it just kind of stops. And my guess is that you may have had this experience in your life once or twice. And perhaps you're going through it again as you prepare for the new year. There's something that you've been trying to change, something that you hope is going to start anew. And the first week is going to go really well, and then after that, things just kind of start to fade. And you start looking for the change, and you can't seem to find it, and you're looking for the results of what you're trying to do to make things new, and it just doesn't happen. And so you start to just feel exhausted. And after a while, life just sounds kind of bleak. And I kind of imagine that that's what it must have been like for Simeon after he heard that word from the Spirit, that he woke up every day wondering, is today going to be the day? And then he would go to sleep, and it wasn't the day. And he started to wonder, perhaps, is it ever going to happen? And at the same time, I'd also like to believe that Simeon never stopped hoping for that moment. That in the midst of his waiting for the Messiah, he was always filled by the hope of what that moment would finally be like. Simeon knew that he trusted and he believed that God would keep the promise he made to him just as he had kept the promises he had always made to his people. And hope filled him every single day, even in the midst of that waiting. Sometimes uh, I think we struggle to define that word hope, and, and there are lots of different ways. Scripture talks about hope in many ways, and one of the ways I find particularly helpful in this context is to think of hope as a confident expectation. Hope is a confident expectation. Simeon had a confident expectation that God would remain faithful to his promise. He knew that his Messiah was coming for him, and he knew that no matter how long he waited, when he finally was in the presence of the Messiah, it would have been worth it and better than he could have ever imagined. And we see that in what happens next in the story. That uh, Simeon, once again, we're told, 
heads up to the temple. Except, interestingly, Luke points out that the Spirit led him to the temple on that day. And I believe that Simeon probably went to the temple many, many, many times in the midst of his religious and faithful life. And yet on this day, we're told the Spirit specifically leads him to the temple. And in what we're told next by Luke, it's actually fulfilling the word in two different ways. That uh, first, we're being told how the word is fulfilled because of what Mary and Joseph are doing with Jesus. That they're fulfilling the word of God, the law that was spoken to them, to take this baby to the church to have him purified and presented before the Lord as holy. And at the same time, the word is being fulfilled in Simeon's presence there to meet his Messiah. And when Simeon sees that baby as he walks in, he responds in a way that perhaps only be filled with so much joy. He takes the baby from Mary and Joseph and he says, Lord, let your servant now depart in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, a light for the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. All that waiting simply came to an end in the midst of this moment for Simeon. And his response is rather unique and beautiful and perhaps even a little confusing for us all in one. Because when Simeon says, Lord, let your servant depart in peace, what he's really saying is, Lord, I am now ready to die. Lord, I have held the Messiah in my hands and I am ready to go to depart in peace. And it's kind of interesting to me, because for the longest time, I've always pictured Simeon as a really old guy. And part of the reason is because in ancient uh, church history and tradition, that is how he was talked about. In fact, uh, going back to kind of an Eastern religious tradition, there is a belief that according to some writings, Simeon probably potentially could have been 360 years old when he says these words. And that invites us into a rather understandable perspective that, yes, I would believe that someone who lived 360 years is finally ready to depart in peace. And at the same time, it was recently brought to my attention that Luke doesn't actually say his age for us. Luke doesn't give us any number to really speculate on. And so uh, perhaps Simeon wasn't that old. It at the very least leaves us to ask that question and to think about it from a different perspective. See, what happens if we hear Simeon's word... And yet Simeon was only in his 30s, or maybe in his 40s, or even in his 50s. How do we hear those words differently? Because from our perspective, I think most of us would say that Simeon still had so much life left to live. And I think that would be really true. In fact, I think Simeon would agree with that. However, he would mean it from a different perspective. Because usually when we say those words, we think about it in the context of our earthly lives. And yet what Simeon invites us to do is to think about it in the context of his eternal life with Jesus. This is why Simeon responds the way that he does. Because his whole life, he had been waiting for this moment. And now that it had come, he was ready. Ready to go enjoy and live that eternal life with Jesus. He knew that Nothing in this life would be better than that eternity with Jesus. And that is the same promise, that is the same reality that you and I look forward to. Nothing in this life will be better than our eternity with Jesus. And sometimes I think we forget that. Because we get so caught up and so focused on the here and the now and the resolutions and the busyness on the work and the stuff that we just have going on. 
and we lose sight of all that God has promised to us, all that God has in store for us. And it even robs us of our experience of life here and now. See, because on the one hand, God wants us to enjoy our life here on earth. He wants us to enjoy the life he has given to us, that life is a gift. He wants us to take care of our bodies physically, mentally, spiritually, socially. He wants us to be a part of the communities that he's invited us into. God wants us to enjoy the gifts of his creation and the blessings he gives to us every single day. And yet at the same time, he wants us to always have our eyes set on the future of eternal life with him. God wants us to live our lives here and now in light of eternity, knowing that what is ahead of us is always waiting and always going to be better because of Jesus. That because of Jesus, there is life everlasting. Because of Jesus, death never has the final word. Life has the final word. That because of Jesus, there is still a life waiting for me and for you in his kingdom that has no end. A kingdom where justice and truth, a kingdom where mercy and grace, where peace and hope, where joy and love exist and abound forever and ever. Everything that we have waited for is waiting for us in the kingdom that has no end. And that is the life that you and I look forward to. That is the life that we set our eyes on, a life in eternity with Jesus forever. That is the life that Simeon is talking about here. When he says, Lord, let your servant depart in peace, he is ready to experience the fullness of his eternal life with God, the same God who keeps the promises he makes to his people. And that is your God and that is my God. The God who makes his promises, who keeps his promises and fulfills them before our very eyes in the presence of his son, our savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so as we enter into this new year, my hope and my prayer for you is that in the midst of whatever perhaps you are waiting for, let your waiting be met with hope. Hope and the plans and the purpose that God has for you and for your life here and now and in eternity. Because with hope, you have a confident expectation of what God is doing for you and what he is doing through you. And you have so much more to look forward to in your eternal life with Jesus. And that can bring you peace and comfort in the midst of whatever this new year is going to bring into your life. That in the midst of the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, and all that will come to you in this new year, with every passing day, you are filled with hope because you know that as each day goes by, you are one day closer to being face-to-face with Jesus. And until that day comes, may his hope and his light fill your life so that you can trust and have a confident expectation in the one who has come down to you and shines for you. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.